Ah, scared myself there. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 12. Another pretty dark and intense one here. So if you're not in the mood for that, maybe you save it for another time. But on a good note, I'd like to welcome Mr. Zachary Meredith to the Paranormal Paralysis team. He's agreed to be our videographer for the in, in-person episodes we do. So, you know, very gracious that he's decided to dedicate some of his time to a fantastic uh, podcast, if I do say so myself. So, welcome, Zach, which brings me to the big announcement. This is going to be our very first full-length video episode, and you'll be able to watch that on YouTube in exactly one week. So uh, make sure you subscribe on our YouTube channel, all that stuff. Let's roll. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. We need to do this for a long time because I know uh, this spe- specific person has lots of interesting and intriguing stories to share. You know, my uh, my wonderful co-worker and now supervisor, Mr. Ryan Pringle. Good evening. <laughs> so, Ryan, I know you have a lot of fantastic stories to share. So, if you just want to start by, you know, kind of sharing your background and how you got into the paranormal side of things. Ever since I was a little kid, my mom's always kind of been interested in like the bad boys and like true crime and stuff. So we were mm-hmm. kind of raised under, you know, the Night Stalker and the Hillside Strangler and uh, stuff like that. So we always grew up kind of kind of spooky, kind of into the bad boys. My dad had long hair and tattoos and, you know, bad boys, Johnny Cash. and Johnny Cash. <clears throat> so it all kind of started with there, you know, I mean, who, who would you rather be the good guy who's like all blase and boring or the bad guy like Darth Vader, bad guys are always cooler. Right. Exactly. So kind of got started, started with there. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. And, uh, during that time, you know, the night stalker was a big thing. You know, we were afraid to sleep on the ground next to windows cause night stalker would break into your house <laughs> and, you know, kill your right. whole family and stuff. And it so happens that like right up the street, the night stalker dumped one of his cars. So he was close, oh, but, really? but never, you know, never broke Jeez. into our house, thankfully. Yeah, so, good. you know, kind of got it started around there. We moved into our house in the early eighties. And when we moved in, it was disclosed to us that the house that we moved into in my room particular, an old lady had passed away. She was well Hmm. into her 80s and died of cancer in my bedroom. So that was always kind of in the back of the brain there. So every now and then, you know, we would kind of see this old lady kind of apparition type type deals kind of in the kitchen and in the bedroom and in the living room. And I'd have friends spend the night and stuff and they would actually not only feel her like the cold presence and stuff, but actually see her in the, in the living room. The only <laughs> room she was never spotted in was the add on that my parents added on to the house because it was like, I guess it was like new territory and it was, uh-huh. she wasn't familiar with it. So yeah. there was that. And then, um, me and my brother, we, uh, you know, we were, we were 80s kids. So we watched a lot <laughs> yeah, of right. WWF wrestling and stuff. Yeah. And uh, John Cena, John Cena, yeah, he's more, <laughs> more 2000s, but I'm talking like Bad News Brown and the Brooklyn Brawler, and of course, Hulk Hogan. What about that one? Uh, what's that guy's name? Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> Woo! Um, so you know, we would simulate wrestling matches in our room, mm-hmm. and we had these real rickety metal closet doors, and you know, we would bounce each other off these closet doors and stuff, and eventually they broke. Oh, my God. And yeah. it got to a point where we couldn't close the closet doors. And ever since then, we noticed, 
like little black balls coming out of the closet door. There were no features or anything, just feet and black. So and like a like an orb kind of thing. Not an orb. They were a solid mass. It was almost it was oh. almost like um did you, ever, did you ever watch The Max on MTV? No. There's these little white creatures in the Max that had a mouth, no eyes and just two legs. It was kind of like that but there were like these solid black masses with two legs and they would come out of the closet. Huh. And no one believed me and yeah. no one believed my brother. One night my buddy spent the night and he was sleeping on the floor. I was up in the top bunk and he's like, Ryan, something ran across my legs. So I was like, Oh, it's probably <laughs> just a cat. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He goes, no, it only had two legs. I was like, okay, it's one of those things. So hop up on the top bunk with me, hops up on the top bunk, trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden there's like pressure on, on our feet. And he goes, it's on my feet again. <laughs> I'm like, well, kick it, you know? So, <laughs> You know, I feel the sheets and he he kicks this thing and you hear it hit the wall. I flip (laughs) on the lights and there's nothing there. What? There's nothing there. You know, so (laughs) around around my like teenage years, I started getting into Danzig and like satanic metal and the whole black metal thing out of Norway, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. So I went into the closet and I noticed that there were pentagrams and stuff drawn on the back of the closet with like all these symbols. Now this is the closet that you guys broke the this doors on. This is the off, closet right? that we broke the doors on. That, that we, you see the spooky feet and the exactly, black stuff on Exactly. Here. So as a kid, I never realized this because we had gone, you know, and played hide and seek in the closet before. But now that I was a teenager and more familiar with these things, I noticed that mm-hmm. it was like satanic, yeah. you know, type drawings and stuff. So told my mom about it. She was like, okay, we got to get rid of these closet doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, we replaced just, them. Just to clarify, you said the pentagrams were on the closet doors on, or on the on the, in the back closet? on the back of the closet doors oh. in the closet. And were they etched in or were they just? They were drawn with chalk. Oh, yeah. That's so there was pretty, like pretty it was like nice and smeared and stuff, but yeah. it was still the you know it was still pretty prominent, you know. Uh. So <laughs> we got rid of the closet doors, replaced them with these really big, heavy wood fucking i mean you you could barely open and close these things Uh and it stopped everything just stopped you know nothing else came out and yeah so and then about probably 16 or 17 i was kind of going through my my goth death rock phase i had kind of moved on from from mayhem and you know, all the black metal stuff and started getting into like Susie and the Banshees and like The Cure and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I started collecting this really awful Catholic art, <laughs> just God awful stuff like Jesus on the cross surrounded by seashells and just, oh, oh my. just awful, <laughs> awful art. Yeah. One day at band practice, we were uh, listening to some of the stuff we had just recorded on four track. Mm-hmm. And I had this big brass cross with. Um, you know Jesus on it, and you know that that painting that was messed up in one of the one of the churches where the lady went and replicated it, and it was like retarded Jesus, like she totally ruined the painting. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was like the face on this brass cross. It was like retarded Jesus. And um, I remember our guitar player had our had his headphones on, and he was listening back to the remix remixes, and the cross was just 
floating in front of his face and he was just deadpan staring at it. Hmm. And I, you know, yelled out, I was like, oh shit, Casey. And the thing crashed and like broke all my seashell Jesus art. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty weird. You mean it, was, it wasn't on the wall? It was like straight floating it in the air? It was straight floating in the air. I had it on <laughs> top of a, of a speaker, yeah. but there was no music coming out of it because he had headphones on and it right. was floating off of the speaker. And when I noticed it and yelled out, Casey, it dropped and shattered everything oh and God. so i threw away all that stuff yeah. <laughs> you know i was like there's something in that room that didn't want horrible jesus art mm-hmm. <laughs> up in that room <laughs> do you think that religious paintings or objects and stuff like that can still have like bad spirits or demons or whatever attached to them or do you think the actual art drives it away or is it like I, a belief? I think that whatever was in that room did not like anything associated with religion. Okay. Because I had, you know, during my my early metal phase, I had, you know, goats, you know, goat pictures, you know, Danzig had the goat head on and he was nailed right. to the cross and stuff like that. <laughs> Nothing ever happened uh-huh. with that stuff. But the moment I brought in religious stuff, like bad things started happening again. My, mm. my crucifix crosses started disappearing. You know, they would end up in other parts of the house, you know, and I always thought it was like my sister or my brother, but, yeah. you know, it, just, it was just kind of weird because anytime I had any religious artifacts in my room, they broke or disappeared. It's like something didn't want that in there. Hmm. And I doubt it was the old lady because yeah. she never caused any problems. She just kind of showed up and disappeared and, you know, cold spots and this and that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing, uh, since, since I've moved out, my sister says she hasn't experienced anything. So they still live uh, in that house? They still live in that house. My dad did actually admit when I flew back home uh, a couple months ago, he was kind of going through some stuff and, yeah. you know, we thought he was, was going nuts. And my sister said he was in his bedroom talking to someone. And we figured it was just a sign of like early dementia coming on. Right. So yeah. I flew out there and I was taking care of my dad and uh, he he got checked out by the doctor and stuff and they put him on some medication. And a couple of days into the medication when he started to, you know, become clear again and like more lucid, I asked him, I was like, dad, who are you talking to in, in your bedroom? Because my sister said, or Keisha said, you were, you were talking to someone. And he goes, oh, I was talking to the old lady. <laughs> no way. And my jaw just stopped. It's like for years you you said there's no there's no such thing. You know, mom uh-huh. was always the the spiritual, you know, kind of ghost fanatic. Dad was straight up atheist. I don't believe in that crap. Mm-hmm. But asked him straight up, you know, who are you talking to? I figured it was like grandma or grandpa or something like that. Right, but no, yeah. he was I was talking to the old lady that lives in the house and it was just like, oh shit. Jeez. That was crazy. Yeah. So that was uh the old lady in your first house. That was kind of your first Paranormal experience. That was some of my first paranormal stuff, and I've always, since then, I've always been into, you know, haunted houses and ghosts, and you know, Halloween. As you can tell from, you know, from From the autopsy room, fantastic room. uh, (laughs) I I do like the uh, the darker side of things. Later on in life, I met my wife and found out that she was into horror movies and spooky stuff as well. Of course. And uh, we kind of bonded over, you know, barbecue and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Found out she watched Ghost Hunters. So I started watching Ghost, Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures? Ghost Hunters. This was before, <laughs> this was the very first paranormal show. Yeah, the before, original, the OG Before, one. you know, Ghost Brothers and, you know, Paranormal yeah. State and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So all we bonded upon that. And then, uh, you know, as the relationship went on, she went away to grad school in South mm-hmm. Carolina. And... Um, 
for what was it my birthday or our anniversary my birthday i flew out to south carolina and she booked this whole haunted package we were staying in a haunted oh, hotel That's awesome. we were going to do graveyard tours and haunted tours and all this uh-huh. stuff and she got like the most haunted room in <laughs> in uh in south carolina it was a it was a bed and breakfast uh we stayed in the the haunted slave quarters yeah. you know so that was pretty neat we had a couple things going on in the uh, in the slave quarters. The story goes that his the little boy's mom was sold into slavery, and he ran out into the ocean to try to you know go after her, and he died. Yeah, in in the he drowned. Mm. Um, we'd sleep in the in the in the slave quarters, and stuff would move from like the nightstand to the fireplace or to the table. We we have very sp- specific routines. Uh-huh. Like my glasses and my wallet all go on the nightstand by the clock. Right. <laughs> and we'd go out and come back and my wallet would be on the fireplace or the car keys would be on the kitchen table or the clock would be changed. It wasn't the correct time. You know, so we would wake up in the mornings and stuff, and the clock would be wrong, and our huh. my keys would be across across the room. So that that was, you know, that was kind of cool. It was like, you know, the yeah. little kids playing tricks on us. Right. And, you know, <laughs> so that was cool. Then we booked a uh, a haunted package in Savannah, Georgia. Ooh. That was badass. I was gonna say that's. It was, that's a, you know, that's like one of the most haunted most cities haunted in the U.S. Haunted cities right? in the United States. <laughs> uh, we did we did a graveyard tour, and um, it was kind of like a poltergeist situation where mm-hmm. they um, moved the headstones but left the bodies. So you're in the graveyard, oh, but the yeah. graveyard actually <laughs> extends further. It's actually in the streets. So <laughs> as you're walking down alleyways and avenues, you know you're you're walking over all these, you know. Grave sites. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> dead people. Kind of, kind of creepy. Um, we did the cemetery tour, and they told us, you know, a couple stories where um, the mayor was it the mayor of uh, Savannah, Georgia, was walking through the streets before it was a cemetery, and he was uh, pissed drunk. Uh, he was attacked. <laughs> he was pushed down and attacked in. All his, you know, goods were stolen. And in that exact spot, Aurora fell and totally ate shit. <laughs> really? Just totally tripped, tripped on something or was pushed or something. Oh. I look across the cemetery and I see her fall and I run over and, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And, you know, the tour guide said, oh, that's the place where the mayor got mugged and, wow. you know. Do you remember Aurora? Were you pushed or did you fall? You're pushed. Someone came up behind me and pushed me. Jeez. When I looked, there's no one. That's so creepy. <laughs> so later on that night, you know, we were told not to go out in Savannah at night because it's it's dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out to the same cemetery, you yeah. know, and we're walking around. And it's a really sad cemetery because a lot of the people that are buried there are, are children that died of the plague. It's a Civil yeah. War cemetery, but a lot of the people in that cemetery were children. So they erected a playground. Hmm. So... In the middle of this, or in the cemetery, into the cemetery, there's this playground, <laughs> awesome. and you know, Aurora and I were like, you know, we're big on ghost hunters and stuff, so we had our cameras and our audio <laughs> recorders, and we go out, we went out there and started snapping pictures and taking video, and uh, there's one picture that I do have on the hard drive of 
Aurora standing on the jungle gym taking a picture of the swing set and there's this weird apparition in the picture. I mean, you can see huh. like full body, you know, total full body apparition. And we didn't notice it until uh, my sister's boyfriend pointed it out when we got back. He's like, oh, let me see your pictures. And he's like, yeah. hey, what is that? I'm like, I've never full body apparition. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <clears throat> For those of you watching, we'll, uh, we'll just toss it on the screen right now. Zach will take care of that for us. <laughs> so then we did All a right. tour of the Sorrel Weed House, which was mm -hmm. one of the big episodes of Ghost Hunters. They actually went into the slave quarters and they caught screams of a slave being like tortured or whatever. It was a wow. really popular episode. So we absolutely wanted to do the Sorrel Weed House. Uh, so during the tour, I was starting to get like cold spots around my feet and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> we were with a, um, a gay couple. Mm -hmm. which was hilarious because as soon as it got cold, they're like, oh, my God, it's cold right here. You know, they start freaking out. So, you know, I'm taking pictures of all the stuff. I didn't capture anything until um, they pointed out that there was a mirror that had a handprint that never disappeared. So, of course, oh. I took a picture of it. Right. I didn't get a picture of the handprint. I got a picture of a woman in a wedding dress. No way. And that's on the, the pen drive as well. For those of you watching, <laughs> Zach will uh, throw that on the screen. Okay, Zach? So, he said okay. Um, we're spending a night in one of the most haunted rooms in the hotel. And the receptionist said, uh, anything that you experience, please let us know because we like to write it down in the logbook. Right. First night we were there, um, I was in the shower. And Aurora was watching Maury Povich. I remember. I remember this. It was one of those. Maury, uh, Maury. Yeah, it was one of those. You know, congratulations. You're not the dad. Yeah. You know. Um, and I heard. I heard That's a woman's awesome. voice say, "Are you done yet?" You know. And I had just like gotten the. Show. the sh I just gotten in the shower, and so I popped down. I was like, "I just got in the shower. Mm -hmm. Can I have a minute?" You know. And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking? About? I didn't say anything." I was like, <laughs> Okay, whatever. So I heard the voice asking if I were done yet. Finished the shower. Aurora and I are laying uh, horizontally across the bed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, my right foot and her left foot just flip up in the air like someone had taken their finger and rubbed it across the bottom of your foot. <laughs> you know, so our feet just flipped up in the air. And we were like, what was that? And it was like, I felt like we, we just felt like we just got tickled. Yeah. So <laughs> I went downstairs and I was like, okay. This is what's going on. I heard a, uh, heard a woman's voice in the shower asking if I was done, and our feet just got tickled. Yeah. Was this in, was this, this in this the was, middle of the night? or No, this was probably mid-afternoon oh. or early evening. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. So I, I had asked the concierge about some of the hauntings, and he said that a little boy and a little girl were drowned by their parents in the bathtub, mm -hmm. and they're known to haunt that room. The little boy likes to bite women, and the little girl likes to tickle feet. Jeez. So we had had our feet tickled. Yeah. Later on that night, uh -oh. Aurora's, passed, <laughs> Aurora's passed out. Yeah. I'm up. I can't sleep. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I hear what sounds like old Civil War music. Like, uh, like drum, like old, drum lines old time, or something? Like, like drums and horns. Gotcha. And, Stuff like that. And so I'm like, huh. what is this? You know, and then I started hearing dragging, like stuff dragging down the hallway. Like our oh, neighbors, like our neighbors were, you know, dragging, dragging their luggage into the room. Yeah. 
Um, I went outside. The room next to us was a storage closet. The room on the other side was totally empty. Um, Me being a fan of ghost hunters, I was looking around for like speakers or hidden stuff to where it would make sense that the music was coming from. Uh Didn't find anything, but it was loud. Yeah. Um, The next morning, I told Aurora that, you know, I'd heard Civil War music and I heard dragging. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I was totally knocked out. I didn't feel anything or I didn't hear anything. And then I looked down on her leg and I was like, what's that? And she had a quarter-sized bite mark on her leg. <laughs> no and you could see the oh, teeth man. impressions yeah. and everything. Uh, throughout the day, I was documenting it. I was taking pictures. It, it raised into a bump. It got bruised. It turned, you know, the Jeez. the purple and the green and the yellow. That's like she all. actually got bit. Got bit. It's on the hard. It's on the pen drive. For those of you <laughs> watching, Zach will toss that on the video. Okay, Zach. Yeah, I said okay. Again. Next, the next <laughs> night, you know, we we had done some more cemetery tours and stuff, and hadn't really found anything. Uh, right. It was really interesting finding out the history of Savannah and stuff. And a lot of these tours were gimmicks you know they're just kind of like you get on a big bus that says spooky adventures (laughs) for tourists yeah for tourists so we did a lot of those next night she knocks out again i'm up three o'clock in the morning i hear the music again in the dragging really i go i go outside there's nothing wait wait wait. did you say 3 a.m 3 a.m always 3 a.m exactly the next the next morning you know i asked her i was like please we're here for one more night Stay up with me. I know I know that it's really difficult for you to stay up, but please stay up. Mm-hmm. She said, wake me up. Around 2.30, I woke her up. I was like, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> 3, 3 a.m. on the dot. Wow. The Civil War music started playing. It was loud. She heard the dragging. I mean, it was obnoxiously loud. Yeah. Um, we checked out. I went down to the concierge to write down everything else, and mm-hmm. I'm like, so what was the what's the deal? I heard Civil War music and dragging. We were actually staying in a Civil War hospital room where they were amputating wow. limbs of Civil War soldiers, oh dragging them down the hallway and throwing them down the chute Jeez. so other patients in the hospital Could didn't see it. So oh. what we were hearing was, you know, the surgery room yeah. and the body parts being dragged down the hall and tossed down wow. the, the the body part chute. That's crazy. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get anything of that documented. It didn't. I was pick, about to ask if you had it a recording. It didn't pick up on camera because <laughs> I did bring my camera out and it didn't pick up on camera. Huh. But three nights in a row, and she can attest to the last night that it happened Jeez. and it was it was loud. Yeah. Now, for in regards to the music, Ryan, did you? Where did it feel like it was coming from? Like inside the room or outside? It was coming from outside the the hotel. As in, like. The drum line was like right outside the window. Right outside they were the like window, a few like, miles away. Right, like right outside the windows, because the hotel huh. that we were in was across the street from like a field. Yeah, and in that field, uh, probably a couple yards further was the ce- the cemetery, the Civil War cemetery, oh. and you know where all the kids were buried. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was definitely coming from outside, but it was it was loud, like it, you know it was like a live concert, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh shit! Um, free concert, at free 3 con- free Civil War concert <laughs> at three a.m. Bring your bodies, <laughs> bring uh, the dead bodies. <laughs> the last story I have from uh, Savannah, Savannah was there's Georgia. a there's a place called Pugin's Porch, Pugin. <laughs> and it was uh, named after a dog, Pugin, who lived with. <laughs> 
two kind of two sisters. That? Hey, people Pugi- people name their dogs What's weird that stuff. Mean? <laughs> hey, uh, Zach, can you look up what Pugan means? <laughs> so yeah, Pugan's porch. Pugan's porch, and uh, it was named after their dog, and it was two sisters. Um, the dog eventually did pass away, and the one sister couldn't take the tragedy of her. Uh, of the dog passing away. So she went into like a deep depression and yeah. eventually died leaving the one lone sister. And the story goes, if you take a picture of the porch, you know, you possibly, you you'll, possibly you'll get a picture of Pugin. <laughs> so I took a picture of the porch. I didn't get Pugin, but I got a picture of something in the window. Mm. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, like a shape in the window. So, when I got home, I researched, you know, Pugin's porch and found a picture of the sisters mm-hmm. and the one lone sister that lived. And I compared it to the shadow that I saw in the window and it deadpan lines up. <laughs> it was definitely the last sister owner of Pugin's porch. Wow. And while we were there, and as soon as I snapped the picture, there was like blood curdling screams and all these no dishes way. like crashed to the floor and broke. And we booked it. We it scared the booked shit. Booked it out. inside of the house. To Hell see? <laughs> no! We booked it out of the out of the alleyway. It, it was terrifying. Wow. I snapped the picture, and some woman started screaming, and Jeez. glasses broke, and we we booked it. And apparently, in that alleyway that we were in was one of the hot spots for paranormal activity because that's where most of the yeah. bodies were left when they moved the cemetery back. So, huh. yeah. Wow. Fun stuff. That's it was crazy. actually really cool. Um, a lot of the video footage and pictures that I picked up in Charleston and Savannah, Georgia are mostly like orbs and stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> nothing that really caught our eye. But um, there's definitely some some good stuff on there. One or two pictures on there that are fairly decent. Now, just as a side note, how do you differentiate personally between like a particle of dust and an orb? Like what, what does it for you? Nothing. I don't, I don't think orbs are anything. Not a big orb guy? No, I'm not a big <laughs> orb guy. And that stuff can easily be faked, you know? Right, um, yeah. While she was in South Carolina, she would dangle a piece of hair in front of the camera, <laughs> and it would look like an orb shooting across the room. Oh, really? You know? It's like, it it's, can easily be faked. And yeah. when I mo- moved to my first apartment, I was like, our apartment's haunted. I have footage of my bed unmaking. <laughs> And I sent it to her and, you know, she's like, oh, you know, the beds I'm making, holy shit. You know, and then I revealed how I did it, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, which was actually taken from the uh, Queen Mary episode of Ghost Hunters, uh-huh. you know, where people were going in and screwing with uh, Jay and Grant, you know, the ghost hunter guys, yeah, you know, they're screwing yeah. with them and faking a bunch of footage. So orbs don't really do much for me, but... Uh-huh. It's got to be like absolutely bananas for me to be like, oh, shit, that's an actual apparition (laughs) or a ghost. You know, the bite mark freaked us out. Uh The voices freaked us out. Definitely pictures of the the thing on on the playground and stuff is definitely, you know, it's definitely, you know, skeptics are going to be skeptics, but I know what I saw and I know what's on the pictures. So, you know, believe it if you want to. So having so many different experiences, would you say that you're kind of used to experiencing stuff like that, or do you still get a little a little jittery when you're? Oh, around it's that always kind of stuff? jittery. I mean, I get jittery when we go to fake haunted houses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's always spooky. it's it's there's always a, a sense of excitement, you know. Yeah. 
it's like we're going to this, you know, haunted location. I hope we get something, you know. And mm-hmm. when stuff happens, it's absolutely awesome. And if stuff doesn't happen, it's cool because, you know, we got to experience, you know, a slave a quarters in Charleston yeah. or, you know, a bed and breakfast in Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, so these – the interest in the paranormal has brought us to some very cool locations, you know, yeah. vacations and stuff. So, Have you ever had anything follow you home? Nope, not necessarily. The only thing that's followed me home is the wife. <laughs> is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> uh, she's standing right over there, so I would say it's a good thing. <laughs> good, good save, good save. The most sinister thing I've probably ever had happen to me was the stuff that happened in my parents' house with the uh, the closet doors and the little black things that came out and the destruction of all the you know religious stuff that I had in my room. Yeah. So, Would you... Uh, be able to maybe consider that sleep paralysis or a dream or anything like that? Or? No, we, we were always awake. You know, it's kind of hard to sleep through something with two legs running across your feet or, right. you know, uh, during it was during band, band practice that we had the uh, crucifix crash into my seashell Jesus. So <laughs> Seashell Jesus. I think that'd be a good band name. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've had, uh, I had sleep paralysis when I was younger, but it was, I never really knew if it was that or a dream, but we had this creepy three-legged cat. Those of you who have listened to episode number one, you'll know this, but the that creepy three-legged cat named Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. She was a menace, dude. Running, possessing my mind, <laughs> dragging me on hospital carts through the hallways of my of my childhood. <laughs> we, we actually did have a uh, ghost cat in no our shit. very first apartment. <laughs> I moved into this apartment while Aurora was away at grad school. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her that, you know, when I'm sleeping, when I'm asleep, that I would feel the pressure of something like a cat jump on the bed. Some tender paws. Yeah, and then start gently kneading, you know, no the bottom way. of my feet or <laughs> crawl up onto my chest and, you know, do the, the, the bread kneading and stuff. And, yeah. you know, when she moved back and moved into the apartment, she definitely experienced Ghost Kitty jumping up on the bed and, you know, kneading on her feet, kneading huh. on the chest, and actually getting on top of her head and what? and kneading in her in her hair and stuff like you know, nursing cats do. So oh, it was definitely man. a kitten, you know. And it was. And you're sure you weren't you and her weren't like dreaming or definitely anything? weren't dreaming. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, it start. It kind of started out where the the kitty would only come in the room when I was there. It was almost like right. she was jealous of Aurora being in the room. <laughs> But over time, she started gently warming up, and then she would shift from, you know, the pressure on my feet over to her side of the bed, and then working her way up to kneading bread in her hair. <laughs> so, you know, it, it wasn't anything, you know, evil or malicious. It was just yeah. this this kitty that lived in the apartment before us, and you know, decided to cuddle. So, you guys have never had a cat or anything like that before. No, that, she's right? actually. Uh, allergic to cats and dogs so we have never really had uh, a definite pet i mean we had we had a dog that was technically her mother-in-law but you know she uh she's really allergic to him so interesting do you have anything to say about that aurora come on the mic say a couple words about the cat can i speak from here yeah get a little closer (laughs) All I have to say about the experience was it was actually really comforting. Really? It it was, I honestly didn't believe Ryan when he first told me about it. Yeah. Until I experienced it myself. And I mean, you would feel 
what felt like a cat jumping on the bed. Right. You feel the pressure on the bed. And then she would fall asleep on my legs. And I could actually feel the warmth That's from the wild. Cat. And it was, it was freaky at first. Uh-huh. But I got used to it. Right. And it was something I couldn't deny and I couldn't really explain. And we accepted it for a while. And, and when we left the apartment, it was actually kind of sad knowing that we were leaving a yeah. kitty. When you guys, like, felt the cat come in the room or whatever and jump on you, was it dark out? Or, like, was it dark in the room? Or It, it was bedtime. <clears throat> when I felt the cat, though, was when I would sleep in on Saturday mornings. And mm, okay. I would sleep in really late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like, I would I'd wake up around 9, but I'd stay in bed for at least an hour, hour and a half. And I'd feel her yeah. jump up on bed like around 10 a.m., 10.30. So I was huh. wide awake when this was happening. I wasn't... That's wild. I wasn't uh, falling asleep. I wasn't dozing off. I was just laying in bed, relaxing when I'd feel her. That's crazy. And then uh, you never like... I guess what I'm trying to get at is... Uh, could you... Was it that you could feel her... But it was light out enough where you'd be able to see if there was something there, and you didn't see was, anything. Or there was never any anything there. Just but you still felt her. Yeah, absolutely. You could feel That's the pressure crazy. on the bed. Huh. You could feel the pressure from when she jumped on the bed, so uh-huh. you knew when she was on the bed. Absolutely nothing there. Uh-huh. But the, you could feel the pressure. You could feel the warmth from her too, which was very strange. Yeah, that is. That's wild. It's nice to hear about not like. Spooky bad stuff, like yeah. <laughs> you guys are getting to possessed possess by you. demons yeah, and exactly. shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's weird. It was our, it was oh. our kitty. Yeah, I think last episode she talked about she had like a dog and a cat, and her cat passed away, but then the dog was sniffing around at cat level and like barking and stuff, and that yeah, was like I've, I've seen. Uh, weird. I subscribe to the dodo, and I've. I've seen videos like that where a kitty brother or dog sister or whatever had passed yeah. away and the dog or cat is constantly sniffing around where they were used to frequent and like bark or hiss or, you know, I've definitely seen that. And I know, you know, pets being, you know, kind of the most innocent thing on the planet that they are susceptible to that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. When we would feel the presence of the old lady in the house, the cats wouldn't come in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was... Uh, the things coming out of the closet, there was no cat to be found whatsoever. Yeah. We had four cats <laughs> and the cats were always in the bedroom. But when yeah, something, sure. when the shit hit the fan and, you know, the things were coming out, there was no cat to be found. They were just, they noped out, you know. Yeah. Noped they, out. They, they, you know. <laughs> yeah. <Nope>. Just <laughs> didn't have anything. When we, when we would experience yeah. like the old lady or the weird creatures and stuff that happened in our bedroom, or in the living room or in the kitchen, the cats yeah. were always in the add-on because nothing ever went in there. Just trying to get the far uh, as, as far, far away as possible as far, because yeah. it was an add-on yeah. to the house. You know, it was unfamiliar territory for whatever was in that house. Right. So they wouldn't go in there because it was, huh. you know, unfamiliar. Yeah, that's super interesting. Now, Ryan, I know you've worked a bunch of different jobs in your lifetime, you know, including Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers, Some Cartoon Network, things. <laughs> yeah, stuff, stuff that I'm not exactly proud of, but you know, it definitely uh, got to do what you got to do. Definitely builds yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know you worked as what was it? A surgical uh, tech, surgical tech, right? and um, surgical tech and sterile processing technician. There we go. Very so fancy I, titles. Yeah, I got to see the very worst of human beings. Yeah. Was that in, like, specifically the ER? 
definitely in the ER. You just see how negligent human beings can be when it comes to issues with, you know, healthcare. Yeah. A lot of... Uh, I'm sure you saw some intense things there. Very <laughs> intense sometimes. I mean, a, very gross. Right. Sometimes it was really intense. I did a lot of neuro... Uh, mm. surgeries and stuff where they would have the guy like totally awake and yeah. uh, there was a Dead guy in his brain there was a guy that had a stroke and they had him playing guitar while they were digging around digging <laughs> around in his brain and sometimes he would play the guitar fluently and yeah. when they hit like a nasty spot in the brain it would all go to shit <laughs> <laughs> so Jeez. it was actually quite amazing to watch this guy totally awake and having a doctor yeah. in his brain poke, oh poking around in there. Very, very <laughs> bizarre stuff. It was one of the very first times I had actually ever seen a organ and skin harvest. And that really? freaked me the fuck out. I bet. I worked, I worked graveyard shift and we had mm. to go upstairs to the ER to do the PMs on all the sterilizers up there. Yeah. And at midnight, they would have the harvest technicians come in. The and harvest they would, techs. They would have oh my. <laughs> fresh bodies because you can't harvest organs fresh if the meat. body's been dead you know, for a certain amount of time. So it was right. always fresh bodies. Uh -huh. And I saw them take out guts and hold up skin to the light. And it Jeez. looked like you know butterfly wings and... <laughs> Needless That's to disgusting. say, <laughs> as soon as the bar opened at 10 a.m., yeah. I got off at 8. I was in the parking lot waiting for that bar to open. <laughs> one, one of the weirdest things I, I, I saw during my time on Graveyard Shift was mm -hmm. an organ harvest. And the guy had been dead probably 10, 15 minutes, died during sur uh, surgery. He uh, got sepsis and passed uh -huh. away. They huh. went in to do the organ harvest for his eyes. And when they cut into him, he let out this, please, 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 please. It was just kind of like the body's last. But he was dead. But he was right? dead. What the hell? And his mouth moved. I was in the room doing the PM on the sterilizer. Please, 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 please. Oh, my was, God. I'm getting goosebumps right now. It was the weirdest, yeah. most freakiest shit I have ever seen in my entire life. He, he like, said the words, though, Said right? the words, please, over and over and over again as they were <laughs> cutting into him. Wow. That's yeah, and, and that kind of stuff kind of sticks with you, you know. It's, yeah, definitely. You can't unsee that or or unhear it in that yeah. you know, in that sense. Working in the hospital, I know. Obviously, you've seen quite a lot of shit. Have you? Uh, this may be a little bit of a personal question, but you know, feel, feel free to pass if you want. But what have you like looked looked at someone as they die? I've actually watched a person pass away. Um, her name was Dora, and I remember because uh, the surgical techs that were in the room with me weren't exactly being um, appropriate. Appropriate. They're making a lot of off-color jokes. I mean, she no. was probably in her late 80s, early 90s, and uh, she was intubated, and we had a camera down her throat and stuff, and you could see hmm. like all the sores and stuff in her in her esophagus and everything. Yeah. And uh, right before she went in to operate, she did pass away. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> that was a little rough because it was the first time I've ever seen a person die. Yeah. Uh, I went home early that day because I, I couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it kind of prepared me, though, for when my mom passed away. No. Um, 
it's not like it is in the movies where you know it flatlines and um, that's it. You know, it's a long, drawn-out process. And, you know, I felt kind of like a dick when my mom passed away because they took her off the uh, the ventilator, and it took so long for her to finally pass that yeah. I'm looking at, like, the heart monitor waiting for the beeping to stop, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Mom, what the fuck are you waiting around for? <laughs> right. You know, just just go. You know, yeah. I felt like a dick because I'm expecting – you know how it is in the movies with with Dora. She passed away rather quickly. They didn't have her on a ventilator or a heart monitor. She just she died during transfer to the 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 OR. But uh, with my mom, it it took quite a while for her to pass on. And when you see that that last gasp of air, you know it's it sucks. And it it's definitely something that again you can't unsee or unfeel you know i was the only family member in the room during that time because no one could handle it and because i had done you know sat in on surgeries and stuff like that i thought i was prepared but anytime i saw anyone pass away in the hospital whether it be a patient or my mom it it always just kind of sticks with you and i've seen a lot of it and and every case is different and i can i can recall every single case Mm-hmm. The uh, the hardest ones, though, are the babies. During my time in the hospital, we had quite a few infants pass away, and that's rough. Yeah. Absolutely rough. So. <clears throat> well. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, to, sorry to go down the, uh, the depressing rabbit hole there. Jeez. But, uh, that's intense. On a, on a lighter note, we did have a lot of fun in the hospital. <laughs> Um, the, That's good. <laughs> the uh, the third floor Goodness. of the hospital used to be the children's ward, and uh, again we would have to go up and do nightly rounds to make sure that the equipment was stocked. You know the the thrumble guards and the heating pads and the the little booties and stuff were all stocked <laughs> for all the floors. Yeah. But there was never anyone on the children's floor. It was just kind of an abandoned floor, mm-hmm. and it was where doctors went to get away from everyone You're and right. kind of just get one of the rooms and veg out and watch TV or sleep. Or <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple of times I had caught my mother-in-law uh, in the room cause she was a, she was a doctor at the hospital and I'd catch her on the third floor, just catching a couple Z's in uh. one of the rooms and stuff. <laughs> um, but there were, there were nights where you would go up there and, uh, you were all alone and it's dark and you're just going about your business, dropping off the equipment and you would hear like, kids laughter and there were certain texts that were absolutely terrified to go up to that floor because they had experienced different stuff um i remember one time i was up there dropping off equipment and i heard children's laughter and i walked by one of the uh the patient rooms and i saw a woman sitting in there and i was like excuse me ma'am you you know this floor is closed and she just kind of looked at me and looked away and i was like yeah whatever you know above my pay grade (laughs) so um we would have to do rounds twice a night. And I remember the, the, the second round I went up there to do, the TV was still on, but there was no one in there. And hmm. she was definitely a patient because she had on the hospital gown and everything. You know, so I called down to a couple of my coworkers and I'm like, yo, the lady I saw in here earlier 
isn't in, any, in here anymore. So, uh, you know, if you guys all want to take a floor and kind of look for a patient that's wandering around in like a patient nightgown or anything, just, you know, let me know. We had <laughs> little CB radios yeah. and stuff. And yeah, no one, no one ever saw her. There, every, every patient, huh. we would call up to the RNs and every patient was secure in their room and stuff. And this happened on multiple occasions where you would see someone in the room or you would hear children laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was, it was kind of fun, kind of cool, you know, it was spooky. Yeah. And we just had, to be clear, the, that floor wasn't being used anymore. wasn't for used anything, at right? all. Uh, no patients, uh, it had been closed down. There were actually no beds in any of the, in any of the, um, recovery areas. It was just a series of rooms with, right. uh, a couch and a TV and that was it. And, hmm. you know, occasionally you would see doctors or nurses passed out in there and, you know, and you could tell, you know, you could tell it was like a person, you know, and then when you see a person in a hospital gown in there, you're like, uh, you're not supposed to be here. (laughs) And they, you know, they're like, you know, no response. Yeah. Um, and I remember one tech in, in, in particular, uh, was a woman that we worked with and she was deathly, deathly afraid of the third floor. No. And I remember, uh, me, uh, me and another coworker went up there and we found shoes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we took shoes and we hid them underneath <laughs> curtains and turned on different TVs oh my God. in in the room. So when she went up to do her round, she would see the shoes and she came down the elevator screaming, terrified. You know, there's someone up there. There's someone up there. Go look. Go look. You know, and me and Gabe would go up there, and there, and we come back down. I was like, "There's nothing." No, there were feet under the curtains. They're like, oh, we, didn't, "We didn't see a damn thing." You know, all the TVs are off. It, it, knowing that the third floor was haunted yeah. was was spooky, but yet hilarious because you could always play pranks on like the new kids or yeah. the people that didn't want to go up there. So. <laughs> Def, definitely good times. Oh man, awesome. <laughs> oh. So, uh, kind of fast forwarding a bit here, Ryan. You moved into this new house. How long ago was it? A couple, couple months. Been here ago? about six months now. Six months. Wow. And we are the room we're currently in. The, the autopsy room. The autopsy room. Friggin' amazing. Makes me want to s- just turn my whole apartment into a podcast studio. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's, we've. Uh, it's been a labor of love. Oh, you can definitely tell. <laughs> So we've heard some some rumors going around that this particular room may be slightly occupied by an unearthly being as well, maybe. Can you tell um, us a little more about that, it's, Ryan? It's possible. I have had a couple occurrences in this house, but since we've decorated it to to, you know, it's please it's spook- the demon. It's spooky glory. <laughs> I haven't really had anything happen since, but um there were a couple times where I would go out to the garage and, uh, you know, it's one of those doors where you turn the handle and it automatically unlocks yep. and I would go out to the garage and get something and come back in and the door's locked and I've been sitting in the garage for three hours, uh. you know, cause Aurora's <laughs> gone uh-huh. and, you know, we didn't have any spare keys. So something was locking the door. I know I wasn't uh. subconsciously doing it cause <laughs> I don't lock doors, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had a couple bizarre things here, but that was within like the first couple months of living here and haven't really experienced anything since, which is kind of too bad because it, it is inviting. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. You got this little, got this little Ouija board rug over here too. Huh. 
that's that's something I, I don't fuck with. I was if, about I was about to ask if you've ever done the Ouija uh, board. If you down notice there. the Ouija board stuff that I do have in the house is minus one thing, and that's the planchette. Yeah, you will not find. You'll find some Ouija board stuff in here, but you will not find a planchette. Uh, my mom dicked around with a Ouija board once when she was a kid. She told me the stories, and uh, yeah, no, definitely not something that I like the imagery, <laughs> but I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right? It's it's just that that kind of that kind of stuff just kind of freaks me out. When you know, I'm I'm all good with like ghosts and demons and spooky shit, but when it comes to stuff that I'm not exactly familiar with, such as like religious stuff and like you know, God and Satan and summoning spirits and stuff like that. I just, I just don't go there. I just don't feel a need to go there because it's not something that I want to get involved with. So have you ever done a Ouija board? No. Okay. And I probably won't don't ever do to. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that stuff just kind of, it kind of freaks me out, you know? Um, it, I, it's, it's mostly like the, the unknown. You know, I watch yeah. a lot of the YouTube stuff where they summon, uh, Zozo and Zaza and all <laughs> that, Zozo demon. All, all that, all that crap. And yeah, I, I remember I know, watched the episode of I think it was the OG Ghost Hunters. Yeah, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, the, the Zozo demon's been causing havoc around here." Yeah. He's like unzipping this chick's pants and he's like pulling this what, other guy. And, like, and, and dong what's, or what's funny is, is if <laughs> like, you actually no, look into no if you actually look into like the Zozo stuff, you know, they're comparing it to. Pazuzu, who was the demon that they used in The Exorcist. Yeah. Well, the Pazuzu was originally a, a god of fertility, and it was a protector of women from other demons like Zozo, who would, you know, prey on women and their unborn fetuses. So Pazuzu and Zozo are two completely different things. And then you watch these YouTube videos where they're saying, oh, Pazuzu is Zozo. It's like, yeah. no, do your research. Pazuzu was a protector. Zozo was, you know, one one of the thirteen fallen something rather. I, I can't remember. I've had a couple of beers, so I can't really remember. <laughs> but they're 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 two entirely different things. Yeah. You know, and you watch you watch these YouTube channels. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but it's complete mm. fabrication and bullshit yeah. of these people that do not do any of their research. Mm. You know, and, and all you have to do is, you know, watch, watch the exorcist and then go down that rabbit hole and look up Pazuzu and exorcist. And how do you spell that for people who are interested? P-A-Z-U. <laughs> um, Pazu. <laughs> P-A-Z-U-Z-U. Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Um, <laughs> the exorcist used uh, Pazuzu totally wrong. Yeah. If you go back and look up the demon Pazuzu, he was a protector of women and their children. So they were just using Pazuzu as because I guess because maybe it's like a, one of those terrifying statues with the the, right, the right. snake like penis, the granite ones, and yeah, the <laughs> snake penis and the uh, the the left hand of 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 you know follow the left hand path and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, movies and television just kind of use this stuff and don't exactly exactly show the 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 true the trueness behind some of these demons that they're you know showcasing in the, in their in their shows mm -hmm. you know yeah. um, exorcist is a good point cuz again pazuzu wasn't a malicious demon yeah so ryan a lot of people f get into the paranormal spooky kind of stuff from seeing movies like the exorcist 
you know, people being possessed, haunted houses and stuff like that. But then there's another side of people who collect like haunted objects, haunted dolls, for example. So have you ever uh, bought or came in contact and brought home a haunted object or anything like that? I've, I've never bought anything haunted off the internet. But in the early 90s, uh, I made a trek out to Vegas with some friends, and we stopped at a ghost town. (laughs) That's a good start. (laughs) And uh, it was was, uh, one of the ghost towns that Walter Knott had purchased for Knott's Berry Farm. Mm -hmm. So it was was not, not a whole lot of stuff there, not a lot of structures and stuff, but... There were, uh, you know, nails and like wood pieces and splinters and stuff. Right. And um, I did pick up a couple nails and put them in my pocket ah. and <laughs> went about my business. And uh, good, good. I did end up sending those, those nails back. Why was that? Um, th- things started just going downhill for me uh, after probably 1994 and stuff I uh still in high school I graduated in 95 but I started delving into heavy drug use and alcohol and Mm -hmm. just not so kosher kosher things life was kind of spiraling out of control and this was right after you got the nails right right? after I took the nails I just kind of went down like a dark path I was I was raised Christian, and I, uh, I lost touch with uh, my faith, and kind of went down like the atheist pass path, and uh, mm-hmm. things just just weren't going my way. And um, my friends were saying, "It's because you took those nails, dude. You're going down this dark path because you took those nails. Yeah. You never used to be this big. You were always an asshole, but you were never this big an <laughs> asshole." So I went back to the I think it was called the Silver City Ghost Town. I went back there and I gave the nails back and uh, things kind of started turning up gravy after like 1995. I I stopped drinking so heavily. The pot use was still kind of there, you know, but when it went, when, yeah, when isn't it? Um, (laughs) But yeah, life just kind of got back on track. Yeah. You know, I I didn't really find new faith, but I kind of got spiritual instead of religious. And uh, the hard drugs and stuff like that stopped. The heavy drinking stopped. Hmm. All the bad luck that was kind of going on just kind of stopped. And I think I attribute it to those three nails that I brought home from Silver City Mining Town. Do you know what the nails were used for at all? Uh, They were coffin nails. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> nine, nine, nine inch oh coffin nails, three of them, you know, Jeez. and, uh, almost like they were putting a nail in your coffin. Right. And well, you know, and the funny thing is, is <laughs> I took three of them yeah. and that's what, you know, Jesus was nailed to the cross with was three, oh, nine shit. inch coffin nails. So, you know, my, my, you know, oh, and, you know, my, my friends are telling yeah. me this, my mom is telling me this, and I never really kind of put two and two together, but I honestly think that those three nails brought me down, like, probably one of the darkest paths I've been down. The uh, ghost town was probably the darkest time in my life. I, uh, mm-hmm. I went down this um, path of 
you know, drug abuse and drinking and depression. Uh, I went to a lot of um, specialists that prescribed me, you know, Valium and Zoloft and all this stuff to treat my depression. And yeah. it just, it didn't work. And when I got rid of those coffin nails, things just kind of went, you know, more, more towards the positive where, hmm. you know, drug, drug abuse drug use became, you know, recreational and the drinking cut down. And, you know, I, uh, I graduated high school and, uh, you know, got a job right mm. out of high school in a recording studio. And, awesome. you know, things just kind of, kind of got better when I got rid of those, those coffin nails. Yeah. So that's crazy. It's, <laughs> that's it's, a wild story. It was def- definitely <laughs> something that I would never do again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one out of 10 would not recommend. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of, you know, when you go to these places with this, with this history, uh-huh. you know, you, you kind of got to respect it. Yeah. You know, and it, it was definitely a, a, a learning process. You know, you just kind of got to respect, you know, uh, what's that saying? Uh, leave only footprints. Yeah. 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 So. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Ryan, what do you see in the future for you as far as paranormal and you know ghost hunting and haunted object collecting and all that stuff kind of goes? What are you What are you looking for? It's it's definitely a, a labor of love. I, I love the paranormal. I love anything spooky. Um, you know, if opportunity arises to go to a you know a spooky place and do some researching, I'll definitely do it. And yeah. uh, you know, just just keep it going. It's you know, it's a it's not something that I want to make a career out of, but it's definitely right. something that's a that's a hobby that I'm definitely interested in. And yeah, you know, sure. I have I have the gear and I have the interest, and in, you know, keep it fun and keep it spooky. You right. know, keep it spooky, baby. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, you know, really appreciate you coming on. It was a, that was an absolutely beautiful episode. I'm well, crying tears of joy because that was just fantastic. Thank you for having me. I definitely <laughs> anyway, appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening and watching. Um, You can find the video on YouTube. I have no idea what the YouTube channel link is because I haven't even posted a video yet. So this will be the first one. But special shout out to Zach Meredith, you know, for the video editing and inserting the pictures off the flash drive onto the video. (laughs) Also, special thank you to our fantastic guest, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at Paranormal Paralysis. If you have any spooky stories of your own, you can email us at paraparalysis at outlook.com. And also, I'm lowering the price of the merch because I know that not everyone is filthy rich. So <laughs> buy a t shirt. Let's keep it going, baby. <laughs> exactly. And you can find those on paranormalparalysis.com. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, take a look at this, dude. You like that? You like that? paranormalparalysis.com on there you can also find listen to and download your favorite podcast episodes so anyways thank you guys for listening we'll see you next episode have a safe Halloween and as always stay stay spooky spooky, baby baby. I mean, there was, you know, like I said, (laughs) there was, like I said, you know, drug use and drinking and just, just lack of, lack of a give a shit. You know, there's uh, depression and not, not necessarily (laughs) suicide attempts, but, but thoughts, you know.
I'm glad you find this entertaining. You know, my oh my, my wanting to kill God. myself is hilarious. You got fucking blue for real. <laughs> so funny. Oh God. Okay. I'm sorry, Ryan. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was so funny, bro. Okay, right there, the you saw him going in the kiosk. I just start laughing. Oh, man, wow. Oh, okay. Anyways, let me see where that's off quick. <laughs>